Hi there. Welcome to the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for coming. I'm excited to chat with you today. My name is Brittany. I'm a Catholic wife and mom of two boys who are ages three and a half and one and a half, which definitely puts in some context for today's conversation. And I am due with our third boy in July. So <laughs> like, what month is it? I think that happens with the third kid. Where someone asked me the other day too, how many months pregnant are you? I was like, huh, good question. <laughs> with baby number one, it was like, I am 12 weeks in one day. Now I'm like, oh, um, I think I'm like five months um, a little too soon anyways for me. I am definitely feeling that, okay, we've got a lot of things to do before the baby comes. So that is me. That is what's going on. I run fitmomlifetothefullest.com. I train women for online and a little bit in person still, but mostly moved online since the kiddos. So today we are talking about five tips for approaching healthy eating with your kids. Before I do get into that, though, I do want to tell you that it is, I mentioned it last episode, but in the event you did not catch it and you were listening to this one, I'm running a giveaway through Monday. So I know this is coming out on Friday. You've got a couple days to do it. I would love you forever if you took a second. So it's the one year anniversary of this podcast. And because of that, I would love to give you a little something and ask for a little something. So if you would be so kind as to take a second to review the podcast on iTunes, you do need an iTunes account to be able to do this. You're going to go into your um, Apple podcast, whatever. I just use it on my phone. Go to the podcast. It's probably where you're listening to it right now. If you're listening on iTunes, scroll down to the bottom of the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, give it a star rating and write a written review. And then if you screenshot your review and share it on Insta stories tagging me, I will enter you to win a 20 pound medicine ball, which is awesome for doing med slams and wall balls and really great little cardio finishers. So I am going to pick a winner on Monday night and announce it on the next podcast, which will come out on Tuesday. So Thank you in advance and good luck. <laughs> All right, so on to five tips for approaching healthy eating with your kids. This is something I get asked about a lot and I'm always interested to hear from other people as well. So as always, drop me your tips if you have some other tips that I could add to this. Number one, what I keep in mind in approaching this and approaching anything else really and truly with them when I'm trying to think about how to teach them truths of their Catholic faith, or I'm trying to instill good habits, good manners, all these kinds of things. I just keep in mind that I am raising people who are going to turn into adults. I heard that on a podcast when I had like one little six-month-old baby, and she was like, I'm not trying to raise good kids. I'm trying to raise good adults. I was like, ooh, and that really stuck with me all this time to think, okay, I, it's true. I don't want to just raise good kids. Like they're they going to be adults one day. So no, we can't just treat them like little adults. I know they have different needs and, you know, all of that. But I want them to already start experiencing how I would want them to live when they are adults. So what this means is for myself and my husband, the way we eat is really 80%, 20%. 80% very clean, 20% treats and indulgences. Also works really well with our Catholic faith to do that and do that in that way. I think it really helps keep things moderate. 80% of the time you're eating really whole clean foods that are minimally processed. 
as you know close to their natural state as you can that's looking like lean meats and good for you grains and fruits and vegetables and all those beautiful things and then 20 percent of whatever if it's a burger and fries when you're out at a restaurant if it's when we go out for ice cream and then we do sync that up with feasts and liturgical seasons so right now we are still in lent and that means in our house we don't do any treats except for sundays and feast days and that's about it you know but throughout the year it's a little more lax where it still looks similar we don't really just buy treats and i don't bake treats unless it's sundays but if there are more events that come up like us walking to get ice cream or like a you know barbecue or something like that we'll we'll be a little bit more lenient on the treats now again when the easter season starts we're going to be having treats more often during that Easter season because we want it to work liturgically and to show our kids that, again, you can work it all out. Like, you're going to be fine. You're not going to be fat or you're not going to be unhealthy or whatever from having treats sometimes and still enjoying them in moderation. Okay, and I'll talk more about that later on. But basically, again, that's how we live is 80% really good whole clean foods, 20% treats, and that's exactly how we try to raise our kids. Again, there's times with, you know, myself and with my kids that I catch like, eh, we've had a lot going on here. One example is November to January, we call birthday palooza in my family. We have 14 and counting, 15 with my baby, uh, nieces and nephews between my sisters and I, just on that side. So between November to January, there's like 10 or 11 of their birthdays fall in that time. So you turn around and pretty much every weekend and sometimes like the Saturday and Sunday of the weekend, we're celebrating birthday parties. So during that time, yes, there's definitely a little more treats going on. Again, if it's a cousin birthday celebration, I'm going to let them have cake, but I'm going to let them have a little bit of it and not everything, not cake and M&Ms and chips. And luckily my sisters are right along the same page as that too. We all kind of do that with our kids. So they're looking around knowing that it's not like everybody gets to have everything and they don't. So that's number one. Number two is nothing is off limits. And this is, I had to put in parentheses, within reason. So we don't raise our kids that they can't eat certain food groups. And I know that might be like a little bit controversial. I kind of started out a little bit more intense on this where Joshua is my oldest and I did not want to start him out on any cow's milk. I just didn't, you know, I know that cow's milk can add to inflammation in the body and that dairy is not necessarily the best thing for you. So I was really adamant to just want to give him almond milk, but it was funny because now he's had milk, cow's milk for the first time at like two and a half. And now he calls it, he still calls it special milk because it's so (laughs) creamy and uh, rich tasting to him. It's almond milk and special milk. So that is what he's asking for if you are wondering. But um, we don't even, I don't do that anymore because I did want to start Joe with it, which turns out it didn't seem like Joe tolerated very well. Big surprise there because I just said we really don't usually tolerate dairy very well. So I pulled Joe off of it, but I give it to Josh sometimes. So the moral of the story is I don't purposely make any food group off limits anymore. I don't, you know, I still give them some cow's milk cheese and things like that it's not stuff I might give all the time like we might we definitely do swing more on the side of dairy and grain free but I don't cut anything totally out mainly because I just don't want them to be intolerant of certain food groups 
I don't want my kids to go to a party and, you know, get really sick because they have a piece of regular pizza and they only ever have cauliflower pizza. So sometimes they make cauliflower crust. Sometimes they make a whole wheat homemade pizza. Sometimes they're eating pizza out at a party. That's just the way I do it because I don't want them to be again, sick from anything. I don't want to cause them to have an intolerance. Okay. So that being said, there are still some things that I just don't, you know, think are really ever beneficial. Like for example, they've never had pop. My oldest child's three and a half. It just seems unnecessary to me to give a kid, obviously I'm not going to give him caffeine, but even Sprite, like just kind of what's the point. So he has juice, you know, sometimes on, again, that's a special occasion kind of thing that falls in that 20%. He knows we only have juice on like Christmas or if we're at a church function and they have juice or again, a cousin birthday party or something like that. So nothing's really off limits, but there are some things, again, it's just kind of like, I guess when you're older, because, you know, we're not going to be giving them coffee kind of a thing. (laughs) All right. Number three, they eat what we eat. And yes, sometimes they definitely refuse it. There's like a big range in here in a big spectrum but I we don't do the whole if I make meat turkey meatloaf broccoli and salad I am not making someone a peanut butter and jelly or something else because they don't want it I understand you know again they're little people so they're going to have their own preferences and like some things and not like some things and that's okay and we'll kind of you know we talk about that and we're trying to raise them like that like it's okay if everything's not your favorite but you have to try it And then you just don't have to eat a lot of what is not your favorite because that's life and that's reality. You're going to go to a dinner at someone's house and you might not like something and you just need to eat a little bit of it and move on. So Josh started out really well in this department. Like he was a great eater in the beginning. I was like, yes, this is not going to be a problem. He eats everything. Like he was two eating everything. And then I think it was right around three, maybe two and a half where he started having, you know, his random strong (laughs) assertions about things. I just don't like carrots and beans and stuff like that. So um, to that point, I will let him pick around stuff he doesn't like. If I do serve a dish, like again, I'm not going to pick it out for you. So if I serve something that has beans in it, you're free to pick the beans out, but you're going to eat the rest of it. And that's just how it is. And if it is something that he really doesn't like, we will sometimes let him skip the grains of it, but we will say you need to eat, you know, three bites of the meat and three bites of the vegetable and then you can um, have your show and that is also the way I know everybody's different with screen time but that's kind of wrapped up in here I guess they get typically two shows a day like two 20 minute shows we'll do I just like to have the same pattern before nap time and before bedtime like nighttime so I will we do lunch show then nap earlier in the day and then at night we do dinner show and bed you know there might be depending on how early we're eating dinner there might be some playtime before show but typically we're eating dinner a little bit later so it looks like that dinner show nap so that's kind of nice because that is I guess the reward to that is he knows if he doesn't eat what he needs to eat he's not going to get a show or if he takes too long eating it and that has happened many times where he's like procrastinating eating it and we'll just turn the tv on for you know the one and a half year old who doesn't at all care about the show (laughs) we just do it to make a point like oh joey's gonna watch his show you know and that happens once in a blue moon, because most of the time he'll just get a hustle on and eat it. So we don't make separate meals for our kids. This is just a funny thing because it never even really occurred to me until some friends actually were giving me just random things for lunches. Like, oh, I have, did you try these? Like your kids would love them, kind of like grilled nuggets or random things like that. And I was like, wow, this never occurred to me to buy. 
And I still don't. I've still never bought anything like that because they just eat what we eat. If I, I eat for lunch, usually what I, you know, I try to make more of dinners. So we have that for leftovers. Like for example, today our lunch was Italian sausage and cut up fruits and vegetables because that is part of, we had the Italian sausage for dinner last night. So that's what I served my kids for lunch is just Italian sausage and fruits and vegetables. So that's usually what it looks like. And no, I'm not making different like quote unquote kid food for them. But uh, to a point, I mean, they like, they're obsessed with energy balls. I've talked about that before on here. It's just oats, honey, ground flaxseed, peanut butter, and dark chocolate chips. And that's pretty much their go-to breakfast every single day. I do make those especially for them because I really don't I go through seasons where I'll have them for snacks or something, but I've not been eating them for a few months and my husband doesn't usually eat them. So I will make those for them. But in general, like our main meals, they're eating what we eat. They don't have a choice. It's just eat it. I have done the whole to like present it for breakfast the next day. What we don't enforce either is we don't enforce that they need to clean their plate. Like they need to eat all of it because I was raised like that. And I definitely think that was not helpful in rolling with your body's natural hunger cues and things like that. So if they don't finish all of it, that's fine. But that's what they're going to get, you know, if they're hungry again. Within reason, if they eat a a good amount of it, then good. They're done. And if, you know, they're, you know, the next morning we'll start over and eat something else. I just am focusing more on dinners because I think that's where kids can tend to be more picky. But um, it definitely is the case for us. We never have a problem with breakfast and lunch, but it's dinner sometimes that he'll just say he's not hungry for anymore because he just wants to be done eating it. And that's fine, but he knows that's coming out again later. If he tried to ask for something before bedtime, he would get that food brought back out. So whatever, you might think that's oppressive and not listening to my kid's needs, but <laughs> I know what he needs and it's protein and vegetables and that's what we're eating. Again, I per- I don't purposely make things that I know you know, my kids don't enjoy just like I won't purposely make something my husband doesn't enjoy. I know my husband doesn't really like Brussels sprouts. So guess what? I don't make Brussels sprouts and I don't just tell everyone, oh, well, you have to eat them. I do try to make, you know, I know Josh doesn't like carrots and beans. So I don't, you know, I won't put carrots on his plate for lunch, like especially when I have celery or peppers, like I'll pick something else. And in that vein, I do try to give choices where I can. Like right now we have that nice tray of cut up vegetables in there. And at lunchtime, I just usually give him like the bulk of what I want him to eat on his plate. But then I just put the veggie tree out and say, pick two vegetables and give him the choice in that too. Cause I know kids love choices and all that stuff. So, all right, number four, I do like to try to dress up and sneak in more vegetables when I can. Yes. When it comes down to it, I will, you know, just tell him you need to eat X amount or whatever here's the consequence if you don't you don't get a show or whatever it is but you know there's never I don't think there's any harm in trying to make it enjoyable and or sneak it in so definitely a big way we do that is smoothies both my kids love smoothies and I think that nut butter can just cover a multitude of tastes so we use a plant-based protein powder currently and then almond milk a nut butter and frozen spinach and they don't even know that frozen spinach is in it because the I usually use the chocolate protein powder or if I'm using vanilla I'll put in a little bit of cacao so it usually just turns it kind of chocolatey colored anyways it's not even green so they love those that's a really good way to get it in or zucchini bread obviously you know baking it in a bake good but I'll try to find ways to kind of make them taste better sneak it in again I think why not if you can't go for it And lastly, 
In social settings and celebrations, we do have treats in moderation. I talked about that a little in the beginning, saying nothing's off limits. But the big takeaway, I think, here is that moderation is really the lost key, I think, for most adults and for most kids. And I've seen this a lot. And you might be, you know, wherever you're at on this topic, because some of you listening probably don't let your kids have any red dye ever or are raising them grain free and things like that. And that's all well and good. Like power to you. It's just like anything else. You're, you know, in charge of your kids. You do what you think is best for them. And that's awesome. Um, but sometimes I see people be super all or nothing. And then, so you have the people that it's like, okay, you can have treats and it's just like, okay, it's a treat day and they just have treats like crazy, you know, whether it's for themselves or their kids. Or you have the people that are like, we never eat this. So I think that moderation, modeling it and teaching your kids it is definitely such a crucial part for setting them up for a good relationship with food down the road and in the future and when they're doing it themselves. Because I've seen, I literally have seen kids that were not, I was a teacher for four years in middle school and I would watch kids who were not allowed to eat like any snacks at home absolutely gorge themselves when it was someone's birthday, like eating everyone else's leftovers, literally eating a cupcake out of the garbage that was still in a cupcake wrapper. Yeah, saw that, (laughs) a little scarred by it. So honestly, I, and I know that's not every case and every kid, but I definitely don't want that to be my kid's experience, that we're so strict at home that they feel like as soon as they're let out of this house, they can go hog wild. That's definitely not the way I want to raise them. That being said, I also don't want to show them that Okay, when we do have treats, we just eat treats like crazy, like it's a cheat day or it's a treat day. No, we have it in moderation. Again, I think that is in line with our Catholic faith too, that, you know, gluttony is never okay. It's not like, oh, it's St. Joseph's Day, it's a feast day, so just go gorge yourselves. No, it's enjoy treats, but you're still called upon to have moderation. So again, we can tell them whatever we want, but they're going to watch what we do. So really showing that example, that's what we strive for anyways. Of course, we're not perfect. But trying to show them an example of moderation where, okay, look, mom and dad do have Sunday treats. You know, I also don't want to show them that like, oh, mom makes a treat for us every Sunday, but she doesn't eat it because she doesn't want to get fat. No, that's not what I want to show them. If I don't like the treat, I'm not going to eat it. But if, you know, oh, mom made Sunday treats and she had a donut with us. You know, she didn't have 10 and she didn't wait till we were gone and then eat a bunch. She had a donut with us and we all were happy and it was a fun social event and the end, we moved on like Yes, food can be celebratory and it can be social, but our life doesn't need to revolve around it. So I think just setting up the culture in your home is the biggest thing, way more than what you actually decide to do. Again, I'm no expert in this. I have a three and a half year old and a one, you know, one and a half year old. I'm sure some of you listening to this have fully grown kids who you really rocked this and did this great with. <laughs> so by no means am I the expert. I just think setting the tone and the culture around food is the biggest piece, whether you are going to give them only gluten-free whatever, or you're going to let them experience all kinds of foods, you got to model what you want them to do and teach them moderation in that and that nothing is good or bad and there's no like result with food that, okay, you should feel good because you ate vegetables or you should feel bad because you ate cake. Like, no, you could eat a small piece of cake and feel just fine. (laughs) All right. Again, this is totally my opinion on it. This is my take on it. I hope it was helpful. I hope that uh, this gives you something to think about. And as always, I would love to hear from you. So let me know if, you know, what your thoughts are on this. 
fitmomlifetothefulls at gmail.com is my email. Or you can come find me on Instagram or Facebook, just fitmomlifetothefullest. All right, get those reviews in, please. And make sure you tag me in your screenshots so that I know that you entered and I will be eternally grateful. Thank you so much. All right, I'll talk to you ladies next time.